1: If you dare.
4: Final hour of "Follow the Money" here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Adam Hill. We are filling in for just today. Wes Reynolds is going to be with us in five minutes from now. We'll get his thoughts on the British Open, as uh, this course, at least early on in both of these days, has played quite nicely uh, for these golfers. And you are seeing the professionalism here, how good these guys are. But the story of the day over at the British Open at the first round, Adam, Colin Morikawa who in his post-round interview said that he replaced all of his irons coming into this tournament about a week ago, and uh, they are paying off. A 67 in round one, a 64 today, 6-under. Six he has been absolutely brilliant. And the low scores today are not just him. Emiliano Grillo just finishes up as well. He shoots a 6-under. He is 64 through the day and in the clubhouse. And we get other guys coming up. Marcel Sim, uh, the German. Five under for the tournament, two under through seventeen at this point right now. Tony Finau done for the day at four under, but this is, I think, the story as we move forward. Uh, is just we have seen early. This has been a course that has played very nicely for these guys.
2: And I just saw Sim birdie, but I think he, uh, I think you had already had that updated. I think this is a I wouldn't replay this, of his birdie and uh, God that cross that cross-handed putter grip. Always, uh, always me you. off. It feels, I feel like it would be impossible to hit it, but uh, some of those guys work out pretty well. Yeah, a lot of low scores today for sure. Course is playing um, fairly easy, and I don't think it's it's necessarily just because of the scores. It's just watching it, and you yeah. you were mentioning it. Guys are just going right for the pin, and there's like no issues. It's no. just it's landing there, it's stopping, it's sitting up nicely for him. So uh, course playing fairly easy today, which we didn't really expect uh, going into the tournament. Uh, But certainly these last two
4: days, we've seen uh, quite a bit of players go very low. One one of my guys, Tommy Fleetwood. Fleetwood, I think, has had – we'll ask Wes about this. I I think Fleetwood has had at least three approach shots where the ball has bounced within a foot of the pin. and Like, he has been insanely accurate, but the the putter hasn't exactly been there. He's been playing even through 14. Uh, But, you know, this is something we talked about coming into this tournament with link-style golf in general. If you're strong with your irons – you're going to have an opportunity here. And, of course, so they think the common thread and the common denominator uh, for all of these guys has been strong iron play up through this point. Louis Lucey's yesterday, right? Almost every single one of his birdie putts within six feet, within six feet. Like, yeah. he was absolutely incredible. Are you amazed by this ice cream truck? What is happening uh, here? I, I Fancy an ice cream? Apparently,
2: I was really just staring it down because that's exactly what I was going to ask you about. Uh, an ice cream truck out on the course right now, first of all, Card only, which is fascinating, because is an ice cream truck like a dollar twenty five,
4: right? Some, well, you're you would going think.
2: only card. So I, I think it's a COVID thing where you know you don't want to trade cash, cash yeah. back and forth. Uh, but that's a, a very low purchase to put on a uh, ice cream truck. Uh, I was just wondering, when's the last time you were at and like when did you oh. walk up to an ice cream truck and buy something?
4: No, it's been a long time. Yeah, now it's like, well, it's food trucks now because you're older. Sure. But like, you know, like the last time but that I mean, you hear the, you you're hear like the music, the music and yeah, you the, run outside and you right. get like the the shark ice cream pop or whatever, you know, the shark lemon ice pop. Those are one of the favorites. This Like the deformed whatever character with the gumball eyes. Sure. I was a, like a chocolatey Claire okay. bar guy. Well, like you a know strawberry
2: what? Strawberry shortcake.
4: I don't think they sell them anymore, but you know what I used to get all the time? The candy uh. cigarettes. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely don't sell those anymore. <laughs> the candy That's, cigarettes were those great. Are definitely a big no uh, no. <laughs> they don't do those anymore. Like a Chick Witch
2: was a good one. I nah, enjoyed had, those.
4: Well, I think because generally I think of ice cream, like ice cream truck at the time was during summer. You want something refreshing. Lemon pop, all those sort of things, you know? Oh, I have oh, so, so, much, the candy I have so cig- much more on this. The candy cigarettes you could blow and like the dust would come out. Oh, it was great. <laughs> I felt so cool. I,
5: I would, you know, uh, Wes Reynolds joins
4: us next. I don't even know how to transition.
5: This is Brent Musburger, and here is your V Sin action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. Nationals at home with the San Diego Padres today. Eric Feedy pitching for the Nationals, another twenty-eight underdog. Chris Paddock for the Padres, minus one thirty-eight favorite, nine and a half over the total at Nationals Park in D.C. The Mets return to the field at Pittsburgh. The Mets are the first-place team of the NL East. Marcus Stroman pitching for the Mets. $1.46 road favorite at the Pirates, plus 136, 7.5 over the total at PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Dodgers, $1.84 favorite at the Rockies. It's Seattle, plus 144 at the LA Angels, minus 154, 8.5 over the total at Angel State. Football season is almost here. Our experts profile every college and pro team with advanced stats, power ratings, plus the best bets for win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide only $20 and discounts available when you buy both the guide and subscribe to vSIN. Go to vSIN.com slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest vSIN odds at vSIN.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about.
4: Time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. College football season is coming, folks, and we're going to help you get ready because our college football betting guide coming out soon. Our experts look at the impact of the transfer portal, key games on the schedule, early season trends to watch, so you have a betting edge this football season. Guides only $19.99. Discounts are available when you buy early, so now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up. for All Access, get everything we have to offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Final hour, it's Jonathan Von Tobel. It is Adam Hill. And let's welcome in one of our golf analysts, host of Long Shots as well, Wes Reynolds. Follow me on Twitter at West Reynolds one Wes, good to talk to you, buddy. First off, uh, how did the Q&A session go the other day? Did you guys get a lot of reaction? We actually did. <clears throat> excuse me. We actually did. It was kind of a
6: surprise. I wasn't sure how this was going to be a turnout, but... Had over 100 people in there, had a bunch of questions, a long list of questions submitted. Couldn't really get to all of them because we only did a little bit less than an hour. So hopefully we can do that again. That was a lot of fun. Uh, that's sometimes we don't get enough time to really get into like the strategies and why we do certain things. It's kind of like, OK, let's just get to the analysis and kind of what the selections are. But it was nice to go a little knee deep in the weeds and kind of you know, let people know how we approach this and how we approach handicapping golf going forward.
4: Did you answer my question that I sent in? What was your question? Oh, hand. Wow. I signed it and everything. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. You've destroyed <laughs> me. Uh, all right, let's talk about speaking of destruction. That's exactly uh, that's exactly what Colin Morikawa wrought upon this golf course today. So explain this to us, Wes, because, you know, what humans brought it up yesterday throughout the days leading up to this tournament and yesterday, Morikawa playing Lynx golf for, what, the second time in his career for this tournament here, changing out his irons a week ago. How in the hell is he doing this?
6: Yeah, you're, I, I'm, I'm as shocked as you are. I'm not shocked to see him do so well necessarily right. because if you just look at the stats... If you just look at strokes gained approach, which are important pretty much every week, but especially here at the Open, you got to be very good with your irons because you're kind of going to get some funky lines with these uh, with these uh, uh, fairways kind of uh, undulating and different green undulations. So you got to be really good with your approach. And if you just look at the stat numbers, Colin Morikawa last 24 rounds, 41.6 strokes gained approach. That's number one. Number two. Behind him is Emiliano Grillo, who shot 600 today and is now tied for second at 27.8. So you look how good of an iron player Grillo is, and then you see that gap between he and Morikawa. Colin Morikawa basically laps the field with his irons. He's the best iron player in the world. And that was kind of a point of consternation with somebody on Twitter and myself was like, no, Tiger Woods is the best iron player in the world. I was like, all time, yes. But currently, Colin Morikawa is the best in the world with the irons. And then you look, greens and regulation game, last 24 rounds, Colin Morikawa tops the field at 50 and Emiliano Grillo is T4 in that category, and he's gained 30 shots. So his irons are so good, but when you listen to his comments, I know he had made some comments last week because he played the Scottish Open at Renaissance, didn't really play that great. He's like, you know what, I'm having real trouble getting my ball through the club here on these iron shots because the turf is so much thicker on a Lynx golf course over here in the UK than it is in America, where, you know, you're going to take that really huge divot and you can just easily put the club through the ball. And and I thought eventually, okay, Colin Marikawa is going to make that adjustment. But I didn't think it was going to be five days because we're kind of seeing everything with Bryson DeChambeau right now. It's like he's the ultimate scientist of the game. He's constantly tinkering with things, constantly tinkering with equipment, trying to get you know, bigger club head speed and trying to even get more of an advantage in terms of his distance, and it's like playing with his head, whereas Morikawa, it's kind of like the right mix of art and science, and he has clearly made that adjustment here in just five days and now with the three-shot lead at the Open.
2: So uh, all those underlying numbers that you mentioned about Morikawa and how good he's been with the Irons, uh, I mean, significantly better than even the second-best player in the field, That would indicate to me that this is sustainable, that he could continue to play this way. But I just feel like watching it, what he was doing today was so above and beyond anything I've seen from anyone. I don't feel like he can continue doing that. I mean, what is your thought process going into the weekend of how well he can can continue to play?
6: I feel like it's sustainable, Adam, but I feel like he's catchable. Right and look at he was at one point ten under par, looking to go to eleven under. So if you're these afternoon groupings that are going to be teeing off here within about an hour, hour and a half or so, you are looking at that leaderboard. If he's got eleven under posted, like if you're Jordan Spieth and he's five, who's five under par, who was second yesterday, who I know JBT and I both have tickets on, you're thinking, oh man, that's six strokes back, and then that might force you to. You know, have a little pressure here early on in your second round where you might be forcing the issue a little bit. But now that he's just at nine under, you're thinking, okay, the afternoon, if it's going to play tougher like it did yesterday, I think it was 1.6 shots and change. I forget the exact number to the of a point here but the afternoon played harder than the morning i would expect it's probably going to be a little bit more the same today so if you're like somebody like spieth you're thinking okay if i shoot 69 if i'm one under or if i'm two under i at least just got to be within shouting distance here i don't have to necessarily force the issue if it gets a little bit tougher and I get in bad spots, just take my medicine, don't do anything stupid, don't make any doubles, don't make any triples, You know, take my bogeys when I have to and then make my birdie opportunities when I have to. So that's what I think maybe some of these afternoon leaders are going to be looking at. And I think it's a sign of relief because as great as Colin Marikawa's round was, as you mentioned, at six hundred par today, he's just not that far off in the distance at this standpoint.
4: Wes Reynolds with us, host of Easton's Long Shot, points spread weekly contributor as well. Okay, Jeff? No, I was just. Uh, do we expect the conditions to be about the same
2: the next couple of Dude, days? I mean, it's I know beautiful the, out there. Wes. The, the weather, the weather is constantly changing over there, but um, it's just been it's been almost perfect, which we almost never see for the Open.
6: Right, and 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 I think the wind is going to be pretty consistent. There doesn't look like there's any precipitation in the forecast, so probably going to be at least sunny or at least at the bare minimum overcast. But I think you're going to see the consistent win. But, yeah, I am surprised that these scores are that low. I thought they were going to be a little bit lower than what we saw at Royal St. George back in 2011 when Darren Clark won the thing. And he was only at 275, which is five under par for the tournament. And the runner-ups were DJ and Phil, who were... Uh, Three shots back at 200 par. So I thought, okay, maybe this would be around the winning score where we are right now here through 36 holes at 900 par. I thought that would stand up and be your winner on Sunday, but might need to get to double digits if this continues.
4: West Reynolds. All right, so let's talk about the the two guys who uh, stole headlines yesterday after their rounds and uh, were at the top of the leaderboard when they went to the clubhouse, namely Ustazen, uh, who is going to tee off at the bottom of this hour, and we're going to get Jordan Spieth coming up here in about 15 minutes, Wes. Uh, what did you see from their two games? Because I thought, specifically when it came to Ustazen, when we were watching this in the studio yesterday, he was very similar to Murakawa, where these approach shots, Wes, were brilliant. Each one of his birdie putts was within six feet or shorter, and it was the same with Spieth, and I feel like that is a game plan. For them to move forward, and it's that's perfectly sustainable as well. No,
6: yeah, John, I'll start with Louis and I'll kind of answer it the same way it is a surprise, but it isn't a surprise. Now, he's not a guy that I backed this week, I actually went against him in a matchup, which is not looking promising at the moment. But with Louis and I just kind of thought, okay, here you have a guy that's usually about a 50 to 1 player on terms of the odds board for a major championship and even can get as high as 60 or 66 but basically a 50 to 1 player because you look at what he's done the last two majors and recency bias people like to bet what they see last and that's not exclusive to just one sport that's kind of an across the board principle and you look at who He has been runner-up at Bridesmaid, as he's used to throughout his entire major career. He's been second-place runner-up in every single major, has that win in the Open Championship back in 2010 at St. Andrews when he kind of introduced himself to the golf world masses. But I didn't back him this week because I thought, man, he's down there at 25-1 to now. His price has been virtually cut in half pretty much across the board. I was like, maybe I look to fade him this week. I think the boat is getting too too crowded and about to tip over on this guy but sure enough goes out and shoots 64 yesterday, and then you look at Jordan Spieth, I think both you and I and all the other Spieth backers thought, okay, this is a really good uh, opportunity for him. And I think this is kind of his best major because he doesn't get penalized, I think, as much for being a little bit shorter off the tee Mm -hmm. with the driver, and he can also be a little wayward with the driver. Now, this is also a guy that's a very good iron player. Maybe not Morikawa numbers like we mentioned earlier, but this is a guy that, You know, coming into this week over the last 24 rounds is like top 10 in terms of approach and greens and regulation gain. And, you know, there's not very many better putters and not very many guys in their short game in general on the tour than jordan speep he just seems to make these impossible shots and has these impossible recoveries we saw it over here back in 2017 at royal Burkdale when i had that matt kuchar ticket and jordan speep hits it like a hole or two over and they spend about a half hour and yeah. seem looking for his ball and then what does he do it's like this is an impossible shot he's he's gonna have to struggle to save bogey here and what does he do? Just a miraculous recovery. And that pretty much put Matt Kuchar away at the Open back in 2017. So I think Jordan Spieth, I really felt he was going to play well this year. And when you look or at this event, when you look throughout the entire year, too, of all the elite players, JBT, that are, that are ranked high in the OWGR and Jordan Spieth is only at 23 cuz keep in mind earlier this year he was about to fall out of the top 100 before he had that good finish at Phoenix that really started momentum where he's now made 13 straight cuts and he's got 11 of those in the top 20 or better and 8 in the top 10 or better he's been the most consistent of the elite players all year round, even John Rom, number one in the world, started off a little shaky this year where it's like he's not playing to his usual standard. So everybody else has had real ups and downs this season. But Jordan Spieth has really been the steady Eddie, and that's why I liked him this week. And we will see uh, here later this afternoon if he can just kind of keep it together. And that's all I'm looking for is a Spieth backer. Look, if he goes out and shoots 65 and takes the lead into the weekend, I'm totally fine with that. But if he could be one or two under and just kind of grind it out here in the afternoon and not make any big or catastrophic mistakes, I think he's in great position over the weekend.
4: So, Wes, uh, let's tie that uh, analysis on who stays and going forward here. Circa uh, has a matchup up right now. sixty six favorite Louis is over Stewart Sink. What did you make of Sink's game and, and how he moves forward into the second round? For me, that was one of the surprises on the leaderboard yesterday.
6: Yeah, Sink is a guy actually played at a top 20. I believe I have 9-2, to plus 450 on him. And really what I did, JBT, and I'll go back to those approach stats we were talking about with Uste, or excuse me, Morikawa, and also Grillo. Stuart Sink up there in terms of approach shots at 48 years old. And that's really always been the strength of his game, even with this career renaissance, where he's now won two events over the last less than a calendar year. One at the Safeway, one at the RBC Heritage. He is great with the the irons and this is not a very long course this is just a little under 7,200 yards so I think Sink can stay kind of steady Eddie here I'm just looking for him to stay in the top 20 but He has been very good on approach. He's a smart player, obviously. A lot of experience on these type of courses. He's always been pretty solid at the Open. Of course, remember that great playoff that he had with Tom Watson at Turnberry, kind of the watermark, really, of his career when he won the Jug when The whole world was rooting against him because they obviously wanted a 60-year-old Tom Watson to go ahead and turn back the clock and take that home. But Stewart Sink, I don't expect him to plummet down the leaderboard at all
2: it's kind of leading me into, uh, is there anybody? I know we have a bunch of guys that haven't teed off yet, so we don't know where the leaderboard is going to stand after today. But are there guys that have played pretty well these first two days that you might look to fade in matchups going into the weekend?
6: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, a guy at four under is Mackenzie Hughes, the Canadian. He His best part of his game, Adam, is his putty. He's one of the best putters, really, in the entire golf world. And I just wonder, because putting is really the variable that has the most variance. And it doesn't always stay true. Like, you can gain six strokes putting in a round, and then you can lose four or five the next round. Usually something like approach or off the tee if you hit it good you usually stay hitting it good but putting has variance so he might be the guy in terms of on that first page i would be looking to go against
4: Wes reynolds all right Wes. Uh, before we get you out of here uh, of the guys who are to tee off yet and we can include the leaders anything like that i uh, just what are you looking forward to out of some of these guys that have yet to tee off in some of these late tee times
6: yeah i'm looking to see if uh, some of these guys uh you know, are able to kind of just keep it together a little bit and and especially with Jordan Spieth, Is John Rom gonna make a move? He was the tournament favorite at eight to one. Now seeing him at around forty to one on the in play market. Is he able is he gonna be able to shoot like sixty five where it's like, okay, you can't discount this guy yet. And I obviously I didn't fade him, but I didn't take him this week. I just thought at single digits against this field he was just a little short. So I'm interested to see how he goes ahead and performs this afternoon.
4: All right, Wes. We appreciate it. Are you on anything today?
6: I am. I will be a guest on Lombardi Line, and then I'll be hosting My Guys this afternoon with Danielle.
4: All right, and you'll also be cleaning the studio afterwards. He does everything. Wes Reynolds. Wes, good <laughs> yes. to talk to you, bud.
6: All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks yeah, for having me
4: on. Yeah, Come you on. got it. So tune into that My Guys at Wes Reynolds One. Uh, up on Twitter right now. Yeah, one of the things we should note as well, one we didn't get to talk to about there with Wes, uh, Brooks Kepka has kind of collapsed here on consecutive holes. Uh, after birdieing, did he birdie the first one, and then he uh, bogeyed and then double bogeyed? So he's got a plus next to his number at this point right now. I've got Kepka. He's one of the many golfers. Not many. i got six. I'm one of the golfers that I've got coming into this weekend. Did you already Figured, throw that ticket away? Uh, and well, it's digital, so I can't really throw it away. Okay, fair um, <laughs> but Kepka was – I thought you were going to get a little bit better performance, and there's still plenty of time for Kepka. He's still early into his round. Uh, uh, but right now, I've got Kepka at, uh, yeah, one over, two over for the day at this point through four. So you still got plenty of time to climb your way back up, but pretty surprising given his history on open-type courses and his history, of course, uh, with European courses.
2: Yeah, and I'm definitely interested to see how some of these guys that are just about to tee off now uh, play. Wes mentioned yesterday about uh, 1. 1.5, 1. 1.6 strokes higher for the guys that teed off later in the day. If that trend continues, not good for some of those guys that have been teed off, including uh, our guy Jordan Spieth, but... uh. We'll continue to monitor that as the uh, as the day goes on.
4: Well, speaking of Spieth, uh, when we come back, he will be teeing off, so we'll see what his first tee shot is like. We'll keep track of that. we got in-pocket plays as well. Adam's got an angle on this co-main event for the UFC Fight Night card this weekend. With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers a lust live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only a one-time playthrough Bet BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Got to be 21. Gambling problem Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana one 800 with it. Colorado 1-800-522-4700. Michigan one 800 7117, Virginia, one 532 3500 Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. You hate to see it. Phil Mickelson, 12 over. Or is he 11? Was that a par? 12? Nope, that was a bogey. 80 in the first round, 72 in the second round. As you said, couldn't happen to a better guy. (laughs) Don't you just feel bad for Phil Mickelson? Feel terrible. I don't. The city of Detroit weeps. Uh, All right. You had an angle on this fight night card uh, for Misha Tate. So walk us through this. I have some hesitancy. I I won't be betting on the fight. I do have some hesitancy in looking at Tate, just given the layoff, right? Like, it's one thing to, you know, be in a better place mentally and all, all those good things that you were talking about earlier. Uh, But it's another two-step into a ring in which it is, all right, now it is fight time for the first time in six years. Uh, That's going to be interesting to see what she looks like. But what is your angle to look at here with this co-main event?
2: Yeah, I think first of all, I mean, I think the over is one. You're going to lay a price uh, on that because at any time, especially in the female fights. I think it's like minus 290. Yeah, you're going to pay a pretty significant price a lot of times uh, to bet the over. But I I do think this fight goes uh, the distance. I, I just think there's a lot of questions. If Misha Tate comes out and she is... As good as she has been in the gym and I, I saw her in the gym a little bit I, she looks great it's as good as as good a shape as she's ever been in it's as comfortable as she's ever been as a fighter all those things but it's different to go from the gym uh, to a fight I, The other concern I have about Misha going into this fight is she's been gone for so long and she you know she hasn't stepped into a cage she hasn't had that adrenaline rush that um, that feeling of stepping in and and competing and it's definitely different from the gym. And it just so happens that she's coming back on a card where there's no fans. It's an empty gym. It's a different feeling. So I, I don't know, like, usually that that adrenaline you're going to feel walking to the cage, does it help or hurt that there's nobody there, that it's a different environment? This fight was supposed to be on the Conor McGregor card, mm-hmm. and I thought that kind of um, uh, energy and uh, enthusiasm in the crowd would kind of help her remember, like, oh, yeah, it's a fight, get into it. I just don't know how, that, how she's going to react going into uh, an empty gym as she's going to, which I, I do think is going to be a little bit different for her. But again, the questions are all about the layoff to me. Right. Are you comfortable betting uh, somebody as a favorite that Misha Tate is? a small favorite, but she's a favorite. Are you comfortable betting somebody that has not competed in five years? Um, I don't know. I don't know that I am. I want to see how she looks first as an actual, uh, in an actual fight more so than what she looks like in the gym. And, and then the other thing, I mentioned it earlier. I, she says this is not an issue. I actually talked to um, her coaches as well, and they said it's not an issue. But she has said that she didn't like fighting. She was, She's never been uh, like happy outside the cage. There's been a lot of things going on in her life that she's had to deal with, uh, including a relationship that she wasn't happy and comfortable in. One of the reasons that drove her out of the sport And now she's in a much better place. She's a mom. She's got a great relationship. um, All those things are going well for her. She said she's happy now. But how does that translate to fighting? You know, she said it makes her better because, you know, her mind is right. Her coaches said she's never been somebody that's had to be mad or angry to fight. But those questions are going to be answered. And I do have those questions. So it keeps me off of her a little bit uh, in terms of, of betting this uh, betting this fight. Even though Mary Reneau is somebody who has had a lot of uh, a lot of good fights. She's a very talented fighter. Um, it's her retirement fight, so where is her mindset as well. Too many questions in this fight for me. I want to watch it and enjoy it. If you want to bet the over, I mean, it's a huge number, but... It's probably going to go the
4: distance. Yeah, the cheapest one I can find is minus two eighty. Uh, so maybe you- if you're going to bet the
2: fight, maybe you bet it by decision instead of just instead of betting the fighter. Maybe you get a better number. Then. Yeah,
4: and that's going to be in the range. That's going to be a plus price. Uh, or not even by decision, you can go submission. All those different angles uh, for this fight that'll be available to you. Did you have? Were you going to use baseball? In pocket today? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean,
2: yeah. we we, we, thought we both have Jordan's Spieth in pocket. That's nice. But uh,
4: uh, By the way, first drive on the first hole right there for Jordan, right down the fairway, baby. You Let's go. go. Good start. Good start, kid. Use the uh, driver, but uh, Big Buff Bryson actually used the uh, the iron. I also,
2: right. <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, but I also did bet the Rays today. Um, so I have got the Rays in pocket, and I'm most likely, even though Uh, You were fighting back on me because you're a a diehard fan. I'll probably be be betting the Mariners as well.
5: Okay.
4: Well, there's also some logical reasons as to why I would fight back against that. Sure. Call Jared Walsh a nobody. Jared Walsh is absolutely incredible. He's playing well. He was also a pitcher like three years ago. He had a great catch in the All-Star game. How great was that? <laughs> Very good. Never played left field before. Right. Yeah,
2: that was He's nice. their first
4: base, and he just goes out there sliding snack like that. Absolutely fantastic. All right, let's go uh, in thir- no, not 30 minutes. We're going to be gone in 30 minutes. 15 Look at a minutes. A watch that's not That's on right. Your- that's what I do. 15 sure. minutes from now, uh, we are going to go talk with uh, Lufin and Carl, get his thoughts on the, uh, the card for UFC, uh, what he thought about coming out of that Conor McGregor-Dustin Poirier matchup, and what he likes this weekend. In this fight night card. Uh, we got plenty to get to, so don't go anywhere. It's follow the money here on VCN, Esports Buddy Network. here are the top horse racing plays for today from express bet analyst, Jeff Siegel at Saratoga in race four, Jeff likes number seven Angelou at five to two on the morning line. And at Del Mar in race five, Jeff has number six, take me by the hand at seven to two. You can bet these races and more using first bet, the preferred horse betting app of vSIN. to mark Saratoga's summer meet. First bet has a special offer for new customers. Get an instant $10 free That upon sign-up, and then earn $10 for every $1,000 wagered up to a 1000 bucks. Use the bonus code Vegas1000. Visit vcin.com slash horses for details. That's vcin.com slash horses. Promo code Vegas1000. And when you go to vcin.com slash horses, you'll also find a new feature, Daily Saratoga Picks from veteran handicapper Ed Seahorn. Did not get to see that. Uh, Did Jordan Spieth's second shot there, did he overshoot the green? Kept seeing a weird camera angle on oh that potential.
2: I, I couldn't tell where it landed. I was
4: too busy looking up something else. Well, before we get to uh, the important sports betting content that uh, you also create, Actually, this might be it. One point spread. Total of 159 and half points. Oh, I saw a different total. Oh, really? Yeah. What was the total you saw? 155. Okay, so shop for your numbers. You can get a good middle here. Um, that would be the Toon Squad over the Goon Squad. In the new Space Jam, a new Legacy movie that is out today. Out today. Yeah. Um,
2: so, do you know the score? This could be informative. Do you know the score from the original movie, the first time that they played, which was Toon Squad vs. Monstars? Uh,
4: it was. And I actually, I'm going to get in the area because it's funny you mentioned this. I was just looking at this the other day. Okay. I want to say it was 69 to 68. No. <laughs> It it was seventy eight seventy seven. Okay, all right, seventy eight seventy seven. So
2: that one fifty five number would be right on it. So but but basketball's got, changed now, sure.
4: But it's do you give time?
2: But do you give like a shout out? Do you give a nod to the original by making it the same score? Because no. you said a one point spread. Did, is that what you said? Yeah, one point spread. Well, obviously, I mean they're gonna win. You can't right, that's one. like the best. That's the best bet on so the board is to, the number has to be one and a half.
4: You're you're guaranteed to push because there is no shot the Toon squad is losing. <laughs> what if what if they do? They set up a sequel. The money, what's the money line? What if they yeah. set up a sequel? <laughs> okay. They so lose? clearly
2: the Toon Squad is going to win. We know that. Uh, it's a question of is like is it tied and and, and they hit a shot, or is it uh, are they behind and they hit a shot or they like you would think if it's going to be realistic you're down one and you shoot a three because that's what we see in basketball all the time now. So then they win by two. But I'm going to say that it's a one point victory. Okay. So I'm going to say I'll take the plus one and a half, plus one and a half, minus four dollars on the Goon Squad. So that's a big number to lay, but I'll take the plus one and a half in that. I um, will also say over one fifty-five. Like I said, as you said, basketball's changed, so you think it's going to go over. First game was one fifty-five. I'll go
4: under one fifty-nine point six. Five, okay, 25. try to try to shoot for the middle there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think look at the end of the day when you look at the roster construction, I don't think there's much spacing on the tune squad. Okay. I think Lola was probably a pretty good shooter if I remember correctly. But if I if I if I remember the game correct or the yeah if I remember the game her game was mostly off the bounce and like finishing within four feet as opposed to sure
2: spacing bit, the floor. some mid range yeah mid range jumper. Uh, will LeBron hit the game winning shot? I mean yes minus six thousand. It's yes minus three dollars. Who else is hitting the game winning shot? Well, will Bugs Bunny hit the game winning shot? Yes plus two dollars. No no. I think Bugs. You go to Bugs. Everybody's go, they're going to be they're triple cover. No, but here,
4: here's the thing though. When you're talking about this from an ego standpoint, when MJ had, like, the super stretch at the end of, right, that was the game sure. winner at the end sure. of uh, Le- the um, Space Jam number one, there's no way LeBron's going to let, well, that would be very LeBron-esque to pass up the ball at the end for the smart <laughs> basketball play to wide open Tweety Bird would, in the corner. Wouldn't it
2: also be such a nod to, like, all the haters of LeBron that always criticize them for passing up the shot at the end? Yeah. I think I think they may do it. I think it'd be great. There's so many props by the way. Uh total baskets made you, you mentioned Lola. Total baskets made by Lola. Over under one and a half. Oh no, go, go over. over. She's go their best over.
4: player outside of LeBron. I'm gonna go
2: over on that one. And it's, yeah, especially yeah, in, in current times. Right. Definitely gonna go the girl's gonna
4: dominate. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm gonna take the over for sure. Uh, baskets made by Foghorn Leghorn
4: over under a hat. Well, if we're going by your <laughs> logic, I don't even know if Foghorn Leghorn should be making an appearance in this movie. I don't, I don't think so either. Uh, will Porky Pig make a basket?
2: I'll go yes. Okay, that's, that's fair. There's so many amazing... Uh, how many times will Akron be mentioned in the movie? Will Bugs Bunny kiss LeBron James? Uh, Is that the, one of the trailers? Well, I think so. Will the Lakers wear a Toon Squad jersey in any game this season? There's so many great great things here I love all these I'm, yeah, I'm going sure. I'm I'm to make some bets here in the next yeah, I was gonna couple say, of say I'm sure
4: they're all available for action and taking massive uh, in, in pocket plays the, all of these yeah every
2: single one of these yeah, yes, fire away
4: let's for go sure. uh, alright that leaves us uh, a couple of minutes before Lou Finacaro joins us uh, for an analysis on the fight guy card I'll say this so we have props on receiving touchdown leader throw a dart at the board Yeah, I like. I don't know how you would look at this market overall and feel relatively comfortable looking at it and picking a single wide receiver, right? Because you think of the most, like, like the most dominant, one of the most dominant best wide receivers we've seen over the last few years has been Julio Jones, who can't find the end zone, right? Things like that. Like it's there is a, a relatively random nature to it, and also like I just when you look across the board, there's so many options for you. Uh, but you can and you can look by individual players, right? Over and under, you know, a C.D. Lamb six and a half receiving touchdowns, Chris Godwin seven and a half, Cooper Cup six, Cortland Sutton at five and a half. You'd have to really narrow down your analysis by team potentially. But uh, I'll ask you that, Darren Waller, he has come around as one of the best tight ends in the National Football League. Seven and a half shaded to the over a buck twenty. And he he uh, two years ago when he had a great season. He couldn't find the end zone, much as
2: right. you said. It's a kind of a random in nature. Uh, last year, much more prolific uh, in the red zone. I, I would think over. I mean, he's going to be their number one receiver. I think it also helps them that they've got some guys that are starting to be established. Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, I think, have good seasons, which helps Waller score a little bit. Um, so I, w- I would look there. The only actually a weird little downside potentially, they really like Foster Moreau, who was kind of marginalized last year by an injury and by Jason Witten being there. So Foster Moreau could emerge as that you know, inside the ten yard line guy, as far as tight ends go, maybe hurts Darren Waller a little bit. I'm interested to see what uh, how A.J. Brown responds to now having like a little bit more company uh, on the in terms of the receivers uh, there with Tennessee. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, interesting uh, interesting bets here to look at. Um, Cooper Cup, I think, has you know less competition for the ball, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe we'll see if he establishes a relationship with uh, Matt Stafford there. So a lot of questions to be answered for sure. Uh, In terms of some of these players,
4: tell you what, uh, the one that stuck out to me, Kyle Pitts' regular season receiving touchdown seven, shaded to the over at a buck twenty. I'm going to be on almost every under on Kyle Uh, Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts is going to be pretty good, but a lot of these numbers are pretty high given his first year in the league. and, And this is
2: where sometimes you have to really, you know, separate some things. Like I think Kyle Pitts is going to be unbelievable as a football player, but I'm going to be betting a lot of unders. On his props, I just think we're completely getting carried away with how good he can be right away. I think he'll be a very, very good player, but it's tough to put up some of those numbers. All
4: right, All right. Lou Finocaro on the other side, to get his thoughts on Misha Tate's return to the octagon. What he finds uh, is maybe the best bet on this card, and I'm sure knowing Lou, probably won't be in the main or co-main, but a little bit deeper on the fight night card to follow well the money. All right. Before we get to Lou Finicaro, we've got to tell you to join the action on DraftKings, leader in daily fantasy sports. Just download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up to compete for cash prizes each week. Don't wait. Sign up now. New customers get a deposit of up to 500 bucks. Code Bsim when you sign up. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER or Indiana 1-800-9 with it. Got to be 18 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See www.draftkings.com for details. I always laugh because I, I feel like nobody puts in the www dot before putting in a website now, but hey. That's how, that's how grandparents give website addresses. Lou Finnecaro joins us right now here on, the, on Follow the Money. Lou, <laughs> Yeah, you get the reference. Okay, so let's start here. Hey, uh, I want to go back before we go forward. Uh, just your thoughts on what we saw transpire between Poirier and McGregor and uh, I think kind of the downfall of Connor. you know, coming out of that looking pretty poor in terms of the excuses, uh, the antics afterwards. Uh, we're starting to see this slow decline for Connor, whose only win in the last five years has been Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, but what would you make of the fight and the result?
3: Well, I make that Poirier is nothing but a class act. He's also a top elite fighter pound for pound in my book. Uh, it's unfortunate how McGregor uh, ends up looking, uh, but fighters don't study their own history. And, and it, it happens over and over again. Uh, the other fights on the card were excellent. I thought Gil Burns performed magnificently, and overall it was a great card.
4: Yeah, I was surprised about the hate, Adam, that the Gil Burns fight got. I mean, I thought it was a really well-fought fight by Gilbert Burns. It was very good.
2: It's something that's driven me nuts, and, and Lou, I'll, I'll get your take on it too. Like, this is a sport, and I understand that people look at it as entertainment and you want to put on a show and all those other things. Gilbert Burns fought such a brilliant fight. His game plan was awesome. What happened to... Hey man, that was a brilliant strategy. Way to go! You executed what you wanted to do. That's how you beat a guy like Stephen Thompson. And instead, you have not only fans who typically don't you know don't care about strategy and they just want to see blood, but even like Dana White, the promoter, is like that fight sucked. Like, no,
3: it's a guy winning a fight. It's what he's supposed to do. You know, I constantly uh, get to talk to these young kids, and and the the tsunami wave that I hear from them is putting on the show, putting on the show, and I tell Davashvili and some of these wrestling-based fighters, hey, if you put together five or six wins, the rest is going to take care of itself. Forget about the show. But there's that pull in the UFC between bonuses and making money and making the organization happy with the way you finish fights or perform and winning fights, and I think that's never going to go away. As far as Gil Burns is concerned, I had... Uh, Steven Thompson, I was confident of the position, and Gil Burns did to Thompson what no one's been able to do, and I commend him. Uh, he fought an excellent fight.
2: Lou, uh, we mentioned Poirier and where he is, and, and I agree with you. I mean, I think I think lost in all the Conor McGregor dramas, how good Dustin Poirier is and how good he has gotten. Uh, we, we talked earlier, I, I said I like Poirier in the fight against Oliveira down the road. I know that it's, you know, in the future, we don't even know a date, anything like that. Uh, but I did just find a number uh, 160 on Dustin Poirier. Any early thoughts on that?
3: I, I'll try and contain myself, but I would, as understated as I could be, I would uh, be looking heavily at Charles Oliveira. Really? Yes. Okay. I I, I think I think Charles is as well rounded as Dustin. He's maybe not as sturdy, won't be as big a man in the octagon when they fight, but he's surely as diverse. And I think his submission game and his ground game uh, are equal to Dustin's. And and that's really a par fight. And I'm going to get the dog price.
4: Yeah, Blue. All right, let's talk about the card uh, this weekend then, Lou, and uh, I think it's, got a qu- it's a quality card with some good depth to it, uh, but let's start at the top, and we can work our way from there. Uh, Any way to offset this massive price with Islam Makashev, who is about a $6, $7 favorite over Tiago Moises, uh, round prop four and a half shaded to the over by about 150 175 depending on where you shop. H- how does this fight go down? Is that price indicative of what we're going to see coming up on Saturday?
3: I find it interesting, Jonathan, that that uh, Boise comes a bigger dog than guys ranked well below him when they were plus 300. He's now plus 400. So there's maybe a little disrespect there. But at the end of the day, uh, I've been taught right or wrong that Just if you pull a sambo wrestler or a wrestler, world-class wrestler, against a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that wrestler has got kryptonite to the Brazilian jiu-jitsu specialist. Now, from there, we break it down uh, personality by personality, body type. Uh, by body type, but I think this is Makachev's fight. I think his wrestling is too dominant. It's gonna tax Moises early. And the way I would try and make a position in this fight is Makachev inside the distance is plus 145 at circa right now. That that seems the angle I will take.
2: And and we talked a little bit about this earlier, but I wanted to get your thoughts as well on the fact that a lot of guys when they go that three to five rounds, it's tough. It's a tough adjustment. It's two extra rounds, you got to train differently, prepare differently Makachev, I feel like this is a huge advantage to go five rounds for him. He's a guy that grinds you down, wears you out. I think five rounds is better for him than three rounds.
3: No question about it. And that and that fight style, Uh, he can go fifteen rounds. This kid (laughs) Uh, and his and his striking is good. Uh, I I think Moises is gonna is uh, much benefit as he's had fighting and training at AT and T. He's put in the rounds with diverse fight, uh, world class uh, opponents. I just think Makachev is too much vice grip, and I'm going to have to go for him to finish this thing.
4: All right, Lou. So what about the, before we get to the rest of the card, co-main event here, Misha Tate, uh, Marion Renault right now, Tate about a forty favorite. What do you expect from this fight and uh, a long layoff for Misha now coming back to the octagon against uh, a woman who is now heading out after this bout?
3: I listened to you gentlemen break that down earlier, and I thought Adam broke down the fight perfectly. Um, Where he might be hesitant to jump on Misha, I'm eager. And it's because I think her vast experience against world-class athletes uh, is going to overcome. I don't buy ring rust uh, a la Dominic Cruz. I think she's ready to fire fresh. I caution people not to... Uh, confuse uh, the fact that she's an attractive young lady with her fight game. She's got great wrestling, good legs, and I think she looks dominant against an opponent they almost handpicked for her. Uh, At 125 uh, early in the week on Point Spread Weekly, it was an easy position. Mm -hmm. Now that she's to 150, minus 150 on Misha Tate, because that over-under minus 280 or whatever, I think it's safe to say we just go Misha Tate via decision plus 150 that would be a good angle for those that haven't gotten the lower price on tape
2: there's really not much to expand on from this i just thought it was an interesting note and i'll I'll bring it up we mentioned conor mcgregor one win since that fight against eddie alvarez Mm -hmm. at madison square garden only win was against donald serone in that time misha tate's only one behind she hasn't competed since that night it's just crazy to think from that night where we were in this sport to where we are now and uh, all the craziness that has happened And now misha tate returns uh, after all this time and we'll see how she's able to perform well those those are the top two fights on the card lou we know you uh you love to uh find some values buried down below uh, where (laughs) other people don't often look on these cards so uh, what are we looking at in this fight this card, uh,
3: if we stay in the it, it, sure if we may, stay in the main slate there uh, we have uh, Rodolfo Vieira who is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu savant. He's up there with Damian Maia and Gil Burns. He has that kind of talent. The problem is he's still working on uh, fighting in the cage, developing an MMA game, and working on cardio. And in his last fight, he was a 450 favorite and got submitted in his own specialty. And he'll admit that he was out of gas, fighting in a cage is is nervous makes him nervous because he's used to an open space on a rolling mat so uh, here's a guy developing his game but he's dangerous and he's in against a guy in Stolfus that's just a journeyman fighter but he's tough as nails, he's durable he's fighting f- for his career and he's never been subbed. Uh, the angle here, I think Vieira knows he has to work on his cardio and his develop his game. Stolfus knows that he has to try and take Vieira deep so naturally I'm going to take the one and a half over minus 120 and believe and hope. This is like i'll be underwater for the whole seven and a half minutes of this fight hoping that stolfus can find his way into the second part of the second round
2: an interesting note on that one too um as we think about the potential for the fight to go further uh stolfus last time really wore down quickly in his fight and he was coming off a pretty bad bout with covid he talked about that this week and said hey i thought i was fine he's like i recovered So I thought it was fine. And then I got in the cage and I was like, oh, I'm not fine. I only had about a minute of breathing in me. And I I know when I tweeted that out uh, after I talked to him, a lot of people were like, oh, excuses, excuses. But that is that is something to consider. Like some guys just don't know where their bodies are quite yet after being sick. And in this case, we know a lot of guys have had COVID, which affects their lungs and their breathing. It's something to monitor with a lot of these fighters.
3: No question about it, and I wasn't aware of that, but I was aware that he looked frail and really incomplete in that last fight. That's why I went to the underwater reference, but he knows what he has to do to stay in the organization. I look for improvement by both men that manifests itself in an over, and I'll be watching the fight like this.
4: (laughs) Hey, uh, our last 90 seconds here. Anything else on the card you want to leave us with?
3: Yeah, let's go to an underdog, and we'll go to the uh, early prelims, Taha, who is a German fighter coming in. He's he's complete, and he's good, but he's fighting a kid that's going to be a little bit taller and longer than him in Morozov, a Kazakhstani fighter. He's fought the, the likes of uh, Nurmagomedov, Numar Nurmagomedov, as well as Evloev, and he's lost both those fights, but I like the fact that he's competed against that kind of competition. This is really a Close pick'em kind of a fight, and so I'll be happy to take Morozov plus 120, plus 125, and that line's kind of compressing a little bit. So I would probably take a. I think they'll both make weight. I might take Morozov now before that price gets any shorter.
4: Yeah, Lou, Lou, and Lou, you got 10 seconds to answer this. Do you still have the pink shirt that you wore on the ESPN hit? Matt Humans loved it.
3: I'm sure Matt did. I do have it. It's getting pressed so I can use it again hopefully on a show with Matthew. All right buddy it was gonna to talk to you, Matt. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You got it. Uh, so I was uh,
4: pumping my fist a couple of times. My dude, Bazootenhut, I got him at 118 to one. Long birdie putt, so he's a three under. Uh, but how about our guy, Jordan Spieth? He's on a mission. Birdies, one and two. Good start. Iron so the iron shots are absolutely incredible, man. Looks good. All right, we are all done here. vsin.com for anything that you missed out on today's show. vsin.com slash podcast, those best bets. A numbers game coming up next. We'll see you.
3: Zumo Play.